Greetings and welcome back to TanakhStudy.com. My name is Yitzchak Et Shalom, and I have the pleasure of studying Sefer Divrei Hayamim with you. In this podcast, we're going to look at the penultimate chapter of the first section of Divrei Hayamim, Divrei Hayamim Aleph Perak Chavchet, and uh, perhaps sadly, we're coming to the close of David's life. Uh, David has already charged Shlomo personally with the task of building the Beit HaMikdash, again, that entire section, entire narrative, does not exist in the uh, Bait Rishon texts of uh, Shmuel Malachim. Uh, and here we find a public charge to Shlomo. Uh, so David gathers all of the leaders. How are they defined here? Sarei Yisrael, which are the ministers, meaning the members of the government, Sarei Shvatim, the representatives of each of the tribes, Sarei Machlekot, and the way that we defined them earlier, that what we refer to as the Mishmarot of Kuna and Leviah, that we spent a number of chapters defining, uh, that serve the king, and Sarei Alfim and now are going to be uh, members of the army, or officers in the army, leading officers. Sarei Korachushu Mikrelam means those who oversee all of his property, uh, and the reason that all of these will be involved in, the, in this stand will become clear in a moment. So that includes now all of his other ministers, the Sarisim. Giborim uh, seems to be, uh, as we've seen in, in earlier texts in Shmuel, uh, possibly uh, members of the army, sort of his uh, individual valiant fighters, or it could indeed be his financial supporters, and Gibor Chaim takes both meanings. I owe Shalim. He gathers them to Shalim. question is, we're in Yerushalayim, and we may get a glimpse, uh, an idea of where this is. Vayakum David HaMelech HaRagelav. He stands up. Vayomer, Shma'uni Achai Ve'ami. So listen to me, brothers and Ami. Now it's important to note that the word Am in Tanakh often, not always, but almost always, takes on the meaning of army. And that may indeed be the inclusion of Achai as the other leadership, and I mean, maybe he's speaking to the army, and again, we'll see why. Uh, so I had in my heart, it was in my heart, meaning it was my intent, to build a resting place for the Aron. And this is the way the Beit HaMikdash is being defined, as a place for the Aron Brit Hashem, which David has already brought to Yerushalayim, a place for it to rest, and sort of a footstool, as it were, for the feet of our God. And I prepared all of the building. And I was prepared to build. And God then told me, you will not build a house for my name, and again, this trope that only appears in Deuteronomy, not in Shmuel or Malachim, that David, because he's a man of war and has spilled blood, will not be able to build the house for God's name. However, David says, God did select me from my entire household, meaning among my brothers. And this takes us back to the very famous scene in Shmuel Aleph, Perak Tetzayin. When all of David's brothers are brought, brought, and in each case, Lo Bachar Hashem God did not select them till David is brought, Liot Melacha Yisrael Leolam, to be the king forever, because what God promised both in Shmuel Bet Perak Zion and in our book in Perak Yod Zion is that David's seed would be the rulers forever, but David himself would not be the one to build the house. 
Ki, and now we get sort of the backup of this. Yehuda bachar Nagid. God chose Yehuda to be the leader. And the word Nagid is a word that first shows up in the context of Shaul. Uvevet Yehuda beit avi. And among the house of Yehuda, my father's house, Yishai. Uvevet avi, among the sons of my father, the of my brothers, Israel. He chose me, favored me, to be king over all of Israel. Umikobanai, the selection continues. So it's Yehuda, Yishai, David. Umikobanai, notice he skipped over the whole issue of Peretz versus Zerach and the family of Ephrat and all of the intervening selections. Uh, went straight to, to himself. Umikobanai, Kirabim Banim Natan Adonai. God gave me lots of sons. And among my sons, my sons, he selected Shlomo, my son, to sit on the kingdom of God, on the throne of the kingdom of God over Israel. Notice how David describes the throne in terms that echo his description of the Beit HaMikdash. Now, note that again, as we saw earlier in Devarim, there is a promise that David gives to Shlomo in his life, and now publicizes this promise that Shlomo will be the one who is following David. Indeed, Hashem, according to the version of Devarim, told David that Shlomo would be the one who should sit on the throne, and Shalom Yabiyamav, there will be peace in his days, and that's why his name is Shlomo, or that's the association of the name Shlomo. None of that is in Sefer Shmuel or Malachim. In Sefer Shmuel, we're told is, you will have a son, and he will sit on the throne. And, of course, depending which version we read, we have to see the events in the first chapter of Malachim in a very different light as to whether Adoniyahu's attempt to take over the throne was a rebellion against this promise, or whether this promise is something that is after the fact. And what did God say to me? Shlomo, your son, he will build my house and my courtyards. I have selected him as my son, and I will be as his father. And that, of course, is echoing what Shmuel Bet Perzayin said without a name. You will have a son, I will be his father, he will be my son, I will take care of him, I will chastise him, etc., but not a name. I will prepare or support or found his kingdom forever. As long as he is strong and uh, and uh, persistent in keeping my mitzvot and mishpatim as this day, meaning as clear as this day. Now David finished quoting what God said to him. He now turns, and the maskana, the conclusion of those words, the implication of those words is, um, I am speaking to you in front of everyone, uh, and in the ears of God, God is present. You must keep and seek out all the mitzvot of God. So that you shall inherit this good land. And you should be able to bequeath it to your children forever. Now that is, of course, a strange thing coming from David, except that he's echoing almost exactly the words that we find at the beginning of Sefer Yehoshua. Yeshua is told to keep the mitzvot and to study the Torah day and night, to always speak the words of the Torah, <coughs> in order that he'll be successful in his mission, which is to inherit the land. Echoing it, David, the, the text here seems to be 
uh, putting something quite brilliant in, in David's mouth, certainly not unlikely, which is that David is reminding them that their hold on the land, their current hold on the land, is something which is consistently dependent on their unswerving devotion to the mitzvot. And it's something that we read about already in Perak Yod Aleph, say from Alachim Aleph, where Shlomo's fall from grace leads to an immediate rebellion among the outlying territories um, that David had conquered. And now, he turns to Shlomo in front of them. Yata Shlomo v'ni. Da et Elohe avicha. Know your, the, the God of your father. Ve'ovdehu b'lev shalim v'nefesh chavitza. Worship him with a complete heart and with a desirous soul. Kichol avavot Adonai. God seeks out the hearts. Which means God knows what's in your heart. So have your heart fully attuned to him. He also understands everything that's going on in people's minds. If you seek him out, he will be found to you, meaning he will be accessible to you. When you pray, he will respond to you. But if you abandon him, he will abandon you forever. So it's basically a tit for tat. It's kamayim ha-panim ha-panim. Now notice how he describes the house. See, Shlomo, that Hashem has chosen you to build a house for the Mikdash. What's the Mikdash? The Mikdash is the Aron. Here's the Aron. Hashem has chosen you to build a house to put the Aron in. Chazak And again, another echo back to Yoshua. And then, from here to the end of the, of the, uh, parak, we hear about the, uh, the description of what it, about the uh, the uh, blueprint, as it were, that David has prepared for his son to follow. Tavnita ulam, the layout of the ulam, the vestibule, that batav, the gnazakav, which is the the um, the storehouses, va'aliotav, the lofts, v'chadaravapim, and the inner rooms, v'etakapor, v'etakapor, is the kodesh kodeshim. V'tavnit kol varuachimo, and the the uh, layer, the image of everything that he was inspired to do, for the courtyards or the chol halashachot saviv, and all of the offices that are around it, for the treasure houses of the house of God, and the treasure houses of all of the sanctified vessels. All of the divisions of the Kohanim Malvim are written down. And all of the worship service. And all of the vessels that are to be used in that worship service. All of this is now written down, and David is going to give it to Shlomo in his blueprint. Uh, so the weight of the of the gold, meaning David, as we read in earlier Prakim, set aside all of the materials, not only for the building, but also for the kelim, for each avodah, how much gold should be given to each, uh, to each, uh, vessel, and for the silver, uh, vessels, for each of its avodot, for the gold, uh, lamps, not lamp, there's one menorah in the mishkan, there are 11 in this Vikdash. V'nero tehem zahav, and the candles are the candle, the wick holders themselves are gold. V'mishkal menorah, menorah v'nero tehem, and the weight of all of those. V'nero takesav mishkal menorah v'nero tehem, there are silver uh, lamps that we'll hear about. Ka'avodat menorah u'menorah, for each of their avodot. V'eta zahav mishkal l'shochanot ha-marechet l'shochan v'shochan, and each table, which is going to be made of gold for the Tables on which the ma'arechet, with lachma panim, is put, 
Mechesev l'shochanot hakesev. There's evidently silver tables and the silver for those tables. Vamizlagot. Tamazleg is like a fork that's used for turning over the meat on the mizbeach. Vamizrakot, which are vessels to receive blood in. Vahaksavot, which is another sort of a kli, zahav tahor, all out of pure gold. Kfor is another kind of vessel to receive blood in. This is also gold. And some of them are silver. And that we read about in the Mishnah Psachim, about the, the, the different rows of the Kohanim, uh, passing the blood back and back and forth to the Mizbech. The inner Mizbech, which is for the incense, is distilled and purified gold. The Merkava is the Kruvim, which is on top of the of the Aron Zahav, the Forsim, the Sochim Al Aron Brit It's gold for the Porsim, those who they're spreading their wings and are hovering over the Aron. All of this is written down. Hashem gave it to me and enlightened me. Everything that is necessary for this, this is all what David now gives to Shlomo. And now, no, he says, exactly again, the phrasing we hear when Yoshua gets his charge, do not be afraid. God, my God is with you, Again, the phrasing used to Yoshua, to until you are completed, you have completely built everything in Beit Hashem, God is going to be with you all of that time. Now the interesting thing is that Shlomo's job of building Beit Hashem is being presented here as a near parallel to Yoshua's job of conquering the land. And in David's speech, even conquering and successfully holding onto the land is thrown into the mix. A very interesting notion, because you would think about these two events as being very different. Shlomo has inherited, or will inherit, a secure kingdom with secure boundaries, and his job is to now focus on this great building project, as opposed to Yoshua, who now has to come in and conquer the entire land. But there is a very powerful undercurrent here of saying that all of the, that which we're doing internally here in the Yerushalayim, building this Beit HaMikdash, is all the focal point of that entire conquest of the land. The purpose of conquering the land was to create a center which would have a Bayit LaMikdash, a place to put the Aron, and a place that would, of course, later serve as a beacon for all of humanity. Uh, but conversely, a failure to maintain the mitzvot, which is a condition of holding the land, will of course have its implications for the mikdash. And David turns to Shlomo and says, here you have all of the mishmarot. And these people are all with you to do all of the work. And Nadiv, all of the volunteers, meaning all the people who are generously give of their money and with their wisdom and and these people all the people assembled are here to do whatever you tell them to do to build the Mikdash so you've got the materials, you've got the plans you've got the people and you've got the task and of course what we will hear about in the beginning of is that building but we have to hear David's final words um, uh, which we will hear in the final parak of Divrei Aleph in the next podcast in time it should have a wonderful